like me. Grains and beans and fruit and greens. But we this like chicken. This is the food that you must eat if you want to be the best on your feet. I said in the grains and beans and fruit and greens. I made that up 30 chick- years ago. And chicken too. No. <laughs> no chicken, no corn, no cheese. Those are the three killers. The chicken is a killer. Chicken, corn, aspirations, goals, whatever you want to discuss that's going to help somebody get better. How's it going? Thank you very much for tuning in to Unlimited Power. My name is Edward Gills, and today I'm featuring Dr. George Love here on the show. If you don't know much about Dr. George, I'm not going to let you know what he's about. I need to let him tell you what he's about, right? (laughs) Because I don't want to mess anything up, right? That's a good setup. That's definitely a great setup. (laughs) So how's everything going? How's your day been going today? It's been a beautiful day. It's been an absolutely gorgeous day. Every day I teach Qigong at the beach, mm-hmm. and then I go for a swim in the ocean. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about what you did earlier and what you do as a acupuncturist, doctor of oriental medicine, if I may say. And mm-hmm. uh, well, first of all, I was uh, 19 years old. I was in the ni- United States Navy during the Vietnam War. Okay. And um, my bunk mate injured his knee. Right. So I rubbed my hands together, and I put my hands on his knee, and his pain went away. The next morning, there was two guys standing outside my bunk, sore shoulder and, and sore neck. Yeah. And so I did the same thing on them. And the next thing you know, there's a line of 15 people waiting for me to heal them. So I got this reputation as Brother Love, the healer. Love is my real name, by the way. I didn't, I didn't change it. One thing from everything you said, you said that you had your first opportunity to heal someone. What is your definition of healing, would you say, as far as like... What is your definition of healing? That's an excellent question, and I don't know that anyone can come up with an accurate definition. Right. For most people, healing is taking away their pain. Right. Whether it's emotional pain, spiritual pain, or physical pain. Mm-hmm. For other people, it's their tumor is gone, or their leg heals, or their uh, cysts disappear. So whatever they perceive as a health challenge disappears. That's what they think of as healing. But through all my training, I know that healing is something vastly different than what most people think it is. Right. So we have uh, a spirit, we have a mind, and we have a body. Exactly. And in Chinese medicine, we call that the three treasures. We call it Jing for hormonal balance. We call it Qi, where oxygen fuses into the bloodstream. And then we, we call the spirit the Shen, which is a divine connection or a divine awareness. So our objective is to coordinate and integrate the three into one. The three into one. So the Jing, the Qi, and the Shen, or the body, mind, spirit. So when you integrate and then you align with the divine, that's my definition of healing, but most people wouldn't understand that. 
And you said most people's common definition of healing is taking away pain. Mm -hmm. And that, that really struck me because when you take away pain, you really take away life. Because the moment you stop experiencing some sort of pain to force you to grow, your, your ability to remain a, a productive human being or a satisfied human being kind of goes away because you just remain stagnant. So I don't think pain is something that should ever be completely taken away, but it should be something that we should always learn to see what change do I need to make, like what direction do I need to like redirect. As well, well, I, was like, I like the way you said that because there is no growth without pain. Right. But I have friends who will not come to see me and they say, I don't care if I die, I just don't want to have pain. I don't care if I have heart disease. I don't care if I have lung cancer. I just don't want to have pain. So I understand what you say, and I agree with that. Okay. But most people would rather avoid pain than seek pleasure. Now, how crazy is that? Wow. <laughs> most people would rather avoid pain to, to seek pleasure than to seek pleasure. Can, can you explain to like? Can you explain that a little bit more? Absolutely. Okay. So in my world, everything's messed up. The leaders are messed up, the politics is messed up, the banking is messed up, housing is messed up, the police is messed up, the school system is messed up, everything is screwed up. So since there's so much pain and trauma in the world, you should find ways to celebrate. You should find ways to seek happiness and, and to find pleasure in life. But people are programmed that seeking pleasure is somehow bad or wrong. And so they would rather avoid pain, put their head down, not look at the reality of a situation, rather than actively seek joy and celebration in their life. I'm always learning that I'm gonna endure, I'm gonna go through a lot of pain right now, but I'm always foreseeing what's to come in the future and how like my pain is gonna allow me to become greater and ex experience pleasure. So, but I've always seen that in the midst of those pains that I've always been able to transform and become and see like things I couldn't see. You know, there are things that you see, there are things that you have no idea even exist. So I see like f from pain, you, you build that repertoire of like, yeah, I, I know I go through this, but I could get over it. But I feel like. Okay, well I have a different perspective. What you perceive as pain is not really pain. It's just challenge. Right. Okay? So if I love what I do, right. then it's not pain. Mm -hmm. All right? So if I, if I decide I want to climb a mountain of broken glass to get to something on the other side, that's not pain. Because I know there's a reward on the other side. Okay? Right. So I'm going to enjoy climbing the mountain of broken glass. What, what, if you break, what if you break a leg, what happens? What happens then? You know, I've always been reckless. I've always been a daredevil. Yeah. I've always been clumsy. And I have never broken a bone in my life. I have 208 stitches. 208 stitches? I have 208 stitches. I got scars everywhere. I have fallen off a motorcycle at high speed three times. I've fallen out of the second story of buildings twice. I've fallen out of a tree. 
I've jumped out of a moving truck twice. Never broke a bone. Never broke a bone. <laughs> so. Don't, you, don't I, you think that has something to do with your last name? I mean, if you're Dr. Love, I think all things hateful to you is just being repelled away. You I know, think, a lot I of think, people ask me about that, but that's not the case. I, I know, I just wanted to like talk about Karma is something that I avoided until I was 25, 26. Now, in 1979, not too many people knew who the Dalai Lama was, but I read the paper, so I knew who he was. And I knew there had been a recent attempt on his life. So I was in awe and amazed that I actually met the Dalai Lama. And he said, would you like to learn how to change three lifetimes of karma in just 30 days? And I was like, let me get my notebook out. I put my briefcase down, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> and he said, be good, be kind, become passionate. And what I heard was, become passionate. Mm -hmm. instead of be compassionate. And it took me a year before I found out that he really meant become, be compassionate. Be compassionate. Be compassionate. And then it took me another year to understand what compassion was. Because off the top of your head, you think compassion is helping people. Mm -hmm. You know, people are hungry, you give them food. Yeah. People who are homeless, you give them money. Your friend needs a car, you give him your car for the day or whatever. And the Dalai Lama said no, because you're not helping them by giving. Right. He said the way to help people is to hold their hand while they are suffering, but standing in your own power, not allowing them to drag you down. Mm -hmm. Because a drowning man will drown you trying to save his own life. Exactly. So stand in your power and hold your friend's hand and just be present for them, but don't help them, don't give them, because that does not empower them. And that's the reason why I teach Qigong, because I want you to reclaim your power. Now, I'm a doctor of Chinese medicine. Yes. I also studied Tibetan medicine. I also studied Ayurvedic medicine, and I also studied Persian medicine. So I am not just a doctor of Chinese medicine. I'm a medical historian in multiple ancient cultures and how that plays out. And what I've done is I've taken the best of the best of those ancient medicines and I've updated it and created a modern method of healing modern method of spirit mind and body that's the trifactor that is the three treasures and qigong is the starting point to 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 get the engine rolling so we become aware we cultivate we integrate and we elevate awareness Cultivation, elevation, A-C-E. A-C-E. There's a catchphrase for you. Ace that. Ace that. Ace life. Because America needs Qigong, the world needs Qigong. 
This is ancient medicine that we've updated. And we know that it works because I'm 100 years old. I'm already immortal. No, are you really 100 years old? <laughs> that cannot be true, Dr. Love. If you are, I think the whole world <laughs> needs to watch this interview. I'm the poster child for what I teach. That's awesome. So most people, when they, when they see Qigong, they think it's an exercise. Right. Okay? Other people think it's breathing and meditation. Mm -hmm. Other people think it's a dance. Right. But I think it's the basis of Chinese medicine, the basis of Tibetan medicine. Okay. Because the only way to create qi is with food and herbs. So how can you cultivate, conserve, and preserve qi if you don't eat right or take herbs? Okay, so that's step one. So the next thing is breathing and meditation. Then the next thing is movement with intention. Now, as a fitness trainer, no disrespect, do you do a lot of this and a lot of this and a lot of this? Well, not, not, not as much anymore. Now not I do a lot much. more body weight. I, I, I try to... Uh, work train in unstable environments, but I do do a lot of those. Okay, so if you do a lot of this, there's a lot of pressure put at one point on the shoulder. And if you do this, the same point on the shoulder. If you're doing this, the same point on the elbow. Yeah. So after 20 years of that, you literally weaken the elbow and the shoulder. What I teach is rotational joint exercises. And those rotational joints, what that does is allows the muscle to move in such a way that there's no pressure on one particular point, okay? So as you move the elbow, you get the biceps and triceps. As you move the shoulder, you get the pecs and the traps. And as you move the wrist, you get the forearm and the backhand. So there's one particular exercise that we do can you, can, you show it? can you show it to me? I'm showing it to you right well, now. Well, you got to give me the instructions. <laughs> okay, so we have to imagine that you're holding a cup of tea okay. that's very expensive. And now we take that cup out to the side, and then we take it over the head. So your palm is up, and now you have to move your elbow so that you don't spill the tea. So you're going to keep holding the tea. Right. Ooh, I like that. That's nice. So you can feel all the muscles in your chest, back, arms are being utilized. Now try the other hand. We go over the head. Over the head. Over the head. Mm-hmm. Palms facing forward. You see how my hand, how I keep my hand up? So you have to move the elbow, yeah. You so gotta I gotta move, move the all elbow, the elbows, right, huh? In order to do that. Ooh. Yeah. That, that's really nice. <laughs> now, now, I do a lot of pull-ups. This is not, this is very much more smoothing than pull-ups, you know. Exactly. It's, 
And I think everyone can do this. You know, that's everybody the beauty. That's the beauty this. of it. Right. Not everybody can do pull-ups, but everybody can do this. Everybody can do that. Yeah. Right. Now, as we progress, and and these are uh, progressively mentally challenging exercises, then we do two hands, and then we do turning, and we use the foot turns. Okay. And then we go in opposite directions. Okay, and they can all be done seated. So if you have a knee problem or a foot problem, all the exercises I can that I teach can be done sitting in a chair. So I can take a really depressed person and make them exercise with me, and then ten minutes later, they're happy. So that's the best way to reduce stress is learning Qigong. And that implies breathing, that implies herbs, that implies meditation, and sleep programming. The first thing you have to do is to decide how you react to the stress. It's not stress, mm -hmm. it's your reaction to it. Mm -hmm. So you have two ladies live next door to each other. Right. There's a fire, both their houses burned down. The first lady says, Oh my God, I lost everything. We lost the baby pictures. We lost all my clothes, all my jewelry. Oh my God. And the other lady looks at her, I'm going to get new clothes. I'm going to get new furniture. Yeah. I'm going to buy new jewelry. <laughs> it's She's all in perspective. Yeah. Exactly. So it's not stress. Mm -hmm. It's how we react to it. Exactly. Okay? So the best way to deal with stress is to breathe. It's just simple breathing. Now, if so the best way to de-stress your life, obviously, is meditation. But if you don't know how to meditate, you can do a hot tub, or you can do hugging a tree standing meditation. Or you can go to my YouTube channel. You know what my YouTube channel is? I checked it out yesterday, but I don't know. The it's youtube.com slash mysticmaster49. M-Y-S-T-I-C. Mystic? Master 49. So one of the things I didn't get a chance to talk about is dream programming. Dream programming. So I met this woman. She was 65 years old. And I said, how many nights do you dream? She said, oh, I dream every night. So we multiplied 65 times 365, and it was like 23,000 nights that she dreamed and didn't remember and didn't write down one dream. And her life is like going in circles. So I said, you missed 23,000 opportunities to change your life. Because while you're sleeping, you can reprogram your negative self-image. You can reprogram your self-destructive behaviors. You can start that fitness program with Edward. You can. <laughs> If you program your dreams at night, but if you don't know, then you can't do it. Speaking of dreams, I had the most wild dream last night. I was in a situation where I felt like I was dead, right? Mm -hmm. For some reason, in the dream I was dead, but in reality I was walking around. You know, I was, um, it's like I was walking past people, but they, they weren't noticing. Mm -hmm. um, but then there are certain people, what I realized throughout the dream is, I thought the whole, I was confused as I was in my dream. I, mm -hmm. I felt like there was a situation where I, I had been killed, 
but I was walking around, certain people could see me and certain people c couldn't see me. So it just, it was a weird dream. So tonight, when you go to sleep, I want you to recreate that dream okay. and step outside and observe yourself walking around and seeing people and being seen. And then finish the dream and then when you wake up, do something we call automatic writing. So you keep a notebook and a pen by the side of the bed. Mm -hmm. And the minute you wake up, you just zzz, Don't try to edit it or make it make sense. Just everything that just, just download the whole thing. Where do you go when you go to sleep? Nobody knows. Nobody even thinks about it, mm -hmm. you know? 50% of the population has insomnia. They can't go to sleep. And they toss and turn, they toss and turn. They're missing an opportunity to meditate, okay? My teacher said, he hadn't slept in 40 years. And I'm like, how do you not sleep? He says, well, I meditate two to four hours a day. He said, every hour of meditation is like four hours of sleep. So if I meditate two hours a night, that's all I need. I don't need eight hours of rest. So I was like, okay, I'm sticking with you. So in the last 25 years, I've never had more than five hours sleep. 25. 25 years, five hours of sleep is, that's about it. Last night I went to bed at three, I was up at six. It was like, boop, and I started moving around, writing stuff down. I'm writing three books simultaneously. Wow. Interested. What about some of the books that you've written? Oh my God. You have not told us anything about your books. I haven't told you about the books because I'm rewriting three of them right now. Okay. So one book is called The 12-Week Guide to Building Your Immune System. We're trying to come up with a better name than that. Uh, the other book is called uh, Silk and Steel, The Secrets of Medical Qigong Revealed. And the third book is a double book. Uh, one is for men's prostate health and we're calling that Sex Before Dinner. And then we're doing uh, the flip side of that is women's breast health, and we're calling that sex for dinner. So typically, a young man takes a young lady out to dinner, and then after that, he hopes he's going to get lucky. And so while all the blood is in the stomach, you're going to force the blood out of the stomach to go into the basement and heat up the furnace and you like blood, I need you to go down to the basement. And the blood is, we're good right here in the kitchen, boss. Mm -hmm. No, 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 I need you to go to the basement right now. <laughs> and so after 10, 15, 20 years of that, your prostate gets constricted. And that leads to prostate problems, prostate swelling, and eventually prostate cancer. So if you're honest with yourself and you're honest with your lady friend, then you say, like, let's go straight to bed, and I'll take you to dinner afterwards. Then there's no conflict, okay? Now, as an athlete, would you tell somebody, have a big dinner and then go work out? No. You would tell them, there should be three hours of an empty stomach before you work out. All right. And any athletic coach, instructor would tell you, you should have an empty stomach for three hours before you work out. So why would you fill your stomach and then try to run a marathon with your girlfriend? That doesn't make any sense. Human beings are not logical. 
So if you're honest, then you say what it is, make yourself happy, seek some pleasure, and then go out to eat. Okay. Right? Makes sense. The practical advice you're giving here. This is this, this is, is this the is, ancient. This is some good stuff here. I like that. This is the ancient way. The ancient okay. way. The ancient way. So I do have a detox kit, and in the detox kit, there's five ingredients. One is called agar agar powder. It's a sea vegetable fiber. It expands. It pushes the cellular debris through the digestive tract. The second one is a blue-green algae, and it's a high-quality vegetable protein, and it feeds your brain. Now, Muhammad Ali, in 10 rounds of boxing, did not burn more calories than Bobby Fischer in a two-hour chess match. So your brain burns more protein than your body. So we replace that with this high-quality vegetable protein. The third ingredient is, in, is um, cayenne and garlic capsules, which clean out the blood. The fourth ingredient is a stool softener, which breaks up the stagnation in your large intestine. And the last ingredient is bee pollen, which keeps your energy level high while you're not eating. So those are the five ingredients in a detox kit that goes along with the 21-day detoxification purification program. So would you recommend that everyone watching this year, if, if you've been putting your body through a lot, would you recommend everyone to just go on a detox right now? Every seasonal change. So that means every three months, everybody should do a 14-day juice fast. Juice fast. And it should just be an automatic thing because you're going to cheat. You're going to go to your auntie's house and she's going to try to give you some fried pork chops or fried chicken or something mm -hmm. and you can't say no to your mm -hmm. auntie. But if you detox 14 days every seasonal change, then that occasional fried smothered in onions and gravy, it won't kill you. But if you cheat once, then you'll cheat again, you'll cheat again, you'll cheat again, and then you're down the tubes. Yeah, then you get divorced. What? What? <laughs> from health. <laughs> Divorce from health. And living to eat. You should be eating to live. Right. But you're living to eat. Or most Americans are living to eat instead of eating to live. And, set, and so they're eating to die instead of eating to live. And eating nutrition is the medicine let the medicine let be thy medicine nutrition. be thy food and food thy medicine I got that all wrong but I try <laughs> <laughs> so you know you so you've convinced me you know what? I'm not even gonna eat chicken today or tomorrow this is Latricia Walters mm -hmm. and she wants to know what's the best time to change your diet the best time to change your diet is when the seasons change the second best time to change your diet is right now. Not after the wedding, not after you get back from your trip to California, not after anything, but right now. The 4th of July, yeah. After, 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 now. That's the best time to change your diet. Lulu! Any, anything else? Thank you very much, Dr. Lowe, for coming here on the show. I'm sure everyone here found 
a lot of these things very useful. Just give us a quick, where can we follow you? When, where can we find out more information about your business? Okay, um, lovechinesemedicine.com, bluedragonqigongacademy.com. Um, come to the beach. Come to the beach. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I'm on uh, Facebook, Dr. George Love Oriental Medicine. Okay. Uh, Dr. Chi Love. And um, I'm on YouTube.com forward slash Mystic Master 49. Mystic Master 49. Please make sure you guys go follow him. You, you won't regret it. Um, this is information that could not only better your life, but change your life. That's right. So thank you very much for taking okay. your time. I know you're a busy man. I yeah. really appreciate you coming out. Thank you. Okay. <laughs>